0: Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. A warm welcome to all who have come to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And to those who will be listening to this service later in the week. We anticipate God's blessing as we fellowship together and bring bring him our thanksgiving and praise. For an opening passage of scripture, let's turn to Daniel chapter 6. And I'll be reading verses 16 to 23. And it talks about Daniel saved from the lion's den. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring, and with a signet of the Lord's, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no musicians were brought before him. Also, his sleep went from him. Then the king rose early, very early in the morning and went into haste to the den of the lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The, the king spoke to Daniel, saying, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the, de- from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths so that they have not hurt me, because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatsoever was found on him because he believed in his God." In this life, we will face adversity. Our challenge is to harness the Holy Spirit, strengthen our faith, so that we will be able to rise to the challenges we will face. It will never be easy. Let's pray. Father God, we enter into your presence with thanksgiving and praise. We thank you that we can walk alongside you and that you comfort and care for us, and that you carry us when the road gets too weary to walk on our own. We also know that you allow us to walk a troublesome path, that we might learn and grow and mature in our faith, We are mindful of faith faith heroes like Joseph and Daniel, who, though they had done no wrong, experienced persecution and imprisonment, yet remained unwavering in their faith and in their steadfast love for you. Help us to anchor ourselves in such a faith that we will remain steadfast and unwavering in our love for you, no matter what trials, testing, and persecution we may endure as circumstances lead us through this earthly journey. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Call on the ladies to lead us in worship. Good morning. Please join us as we start with Here I Am to Worship. if you're able to stand with us for the next two songs. We'll sing Ancient Words next.
1: Good morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord again today. Are you ever afraid, maybe, of walking into the a place where it's dark? Or maybe when you get a job to do and it seems very, very difficult? Well, Grown-ups sometimes get discouraged, too, when there's big projects to do. Today, our Bible study, our children's story, will be about Moses, the people of Israel, and Joshua. The people of Israel had been in Egypt, and that's not on this map. It's further west and down here, but uh, we have the land of Canaan there. So... The children of Israel had been in Egypt for 430 years. And then God sent Moses. He used Moses to bring them out of Egypt. And all the way to this land, and they were in the desert for 40 years, God showed them where and when to go. During the day it was a cloud, and during the night it was a pillar of fire. So they knew God was taking care of them. Then one day, God said to Moses, you better train Joshua so that he can take over after you because your day when you will die is coming soon. So that's what Moses did. He called Joshua and he, he told him, in, in Deuteronomy 31.7 it says, Then Moses summoned, and that means he called him. He called Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged because it was a big people that Joshua was supposed to lead and it it seemed very very hard. And then just a few verses down in Deuteronomy 31:23 the Lord speaks to Joshua. The Lord gave this command to Joshua son of Nun be strong and courageous, for you will bring the Israelites into the land I promised them on oath, and I myself will be with you. So what better promises could we have than for God to be with us? So Moses wrote all the words that God had given him for the people to obey. He wrote them all into a book so that the people, when they would go into the land, that they would know what to do. After Moses had finished the work that God had given him to do, he died, and now it was Joshua's turn to lead the people. So they were somewhere in the in the southern part there. And then Joshua led them up to an area over there. And there they they camped. And this was a time of harvest. And there is a big river there. And they were camped on that side. And this was the place that God was giving them. So God had said, you're supposed to enter that land take it and then cultivate it and take good care of it. So now the people were there looking at the river and it was full, it was overflowing on all banks. So how were they to get into that land? Then God said again to Joshua, and this we find in Joshua chapter one, verse six and seven, God said to Joshua, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua got so much encouragement. God himself told him, be not afraid, be encouraged. So then Joshua obeyed what the Lord said. He said, the Lord said to Joshua, you tell the priests and the Levites to carry the Ark of the Covenant, and they are supposed to go to the river put their feet in the water. And as they did, God made the water far up away to pile up in a heap. And the water that was further down was running into the sea. God made the land completely dry. The priests and the Levites with the Ark of the Covenant walked to the middle of the river. There they stood and then all the people walked through the river close to Jericho, they walked over there and made camp just close to Jericho there. That was such an amazing thing. God showed that he was there and he did everything he had promised They did not need to be afraid or discouraged. So the next thing was for them to obey God's command, never forget it because that's the only way we can be blessed by the Lord. So they were to take the whole land. Then I was reminded of later on, Jesus came to save us. In Matthew we find that Jesus, after he had died for our sins and risen again, he appeared to the disciples who were also very afraid and discouraged because Jesus wasn't with them anymore in person. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we are not just to uh, take the land of Canaan. Jesus told us to present his word to all the world and he will never leave us and in Hebrews 13 verse 5 it says keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said never will I leave you never will I forsake you so we say with confidence the Lord is my helper I will not be afraid What can mere mortals do to me?" Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6. So, as we have begun a new year, let's not be intimidated, let's not be discouraged, but let's keep the word of God always in our hearts and on our mind and do what he says. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for all the promises that you have given us in your word. We have looked at a few, but Lord, it's the word of your word, the Bible is full of them. Help us to be remembering them all the time and to praise you, amen.
0: Thank you, Anna, those Bible stories make us mindful of uh, what we are to do. And for the ladies in leading us and singing, If you take your bulletins, we'll look at the activities and concerns of the church. Next uh, Sunday, the worship service will start at 10 o'clock, and and it will be followed by a fellowship lunch. Uh, Look at the activities of uh, this week at Berchtaler. There's a ministerial meeting uh, at Tuesday at 10 o'clock. And the, the prayer meetings, women's prayer group, Tuesday at 9.30, and the men's uh, Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Uh, Missionaries of the week, K&K. Again, life in the church, next Sunday there will be a fellowship lunch, and there's many needs for that. So there's sign-up sheets in the foyer. Please take note and, uh, and sign up. Discovery group meetings will start this week. There's two groups, and uh, again, the uh, bulletin explains where and when it will happen. Committee annual reports are due. Please submit them to Susan. Persons with health needs. In Boundary Trails Health Centre, we have Mary Duick, Jake Peters, and John Suderman, and Dave Dick has been moved to Swan Lake. Expressions of sympathy. Tina Wheeler passed away Saturday, January 7th. Her funeral was held uh, on Friday, and she was the mother to, D- and mother to Doreen and sister to Pete and Mary Weeb. Also, Jeremiah Alexia passed away Tuesday, January 10th. A memorial service will be held on Tuesday, January 7th, 17th at 2 p.m. at Weeb's funeral home. A note of thanks from Abe Weeb. Uh, donation receipts uh, are available before and after worship service today and uh, next Sunday, so take note of that. Pastor Victor is serving at Eden and Salem this morning, but he will be back for Sunday school uh, later this morning. Our deacon commissioning will take place on Sunday, January 29th, with Jake Lawson and Henry Newfold to be commissioned. Please pray for that. Jessica Siemens has transferred her membership to uh, Harvest Christian Fellowship Church in Plum Cooley. Take note of the birthdays and anniversaries, as well as uh, community and other events happening in, in our community, and especially the one with the Winkler Senior Centre who are in uh, desperate need of volunteers. Ask the ushers to come forward, and we'll have a time of prayer. And again, just uh, during the week, take the bulletin, pray through the various needs. Uh, uh, Many of the people are in need, and also there's many people that are not listed in the bulletin with uh, health needs, and bring them before God. Let's pray. Lord God, we come before your throne of grace, and thank you that you are our God, and the God of our salvation. We thank You that You have prepared an eternal inheritance in Heaven for all who have accepted Your gift of salvation. We are royalty, an heir to the King of kings and Lord of lords, and joint heirs with Christ. Lord, help us to walk in obedience and full surrender to You, to recognize and obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit, and live our lives so that we can be blessed of You. Lord, we pray for lost souls. We pray the blood of Jesus Christ on their spiritual condition that they would be released from their sin nature, be reconciled to you, and find salvation in Jesus, Jesus Christ, the atonement for all sin. Lord, we pray for people with health needs within our church and our community, and we ask that you would place your healing touch upon each specific need, and especially upon Mary Duick, Jake Peters, and John Suderman in Boundary Trails Health Centre, and Dave Dick in Swan Lake. Lord, we ask you to uphold and meet the need of the Tina Wheeler and Jeremiah Lexi families, as well as the many in our community who have lost loved ones. Be the God of strength, compassion, and peace as they sorrow and face a difficult and different future. Guide them through the mourning process. We thank you where healing is happening, and in many instances where healing has already come. We thank you and bless your holy name continue to be an inspiration to our missionaries and place a hedge of protection on their families and their relationships. We pray for new converts and revival in the territories we have called and placed our missionaries. I pray that you would raise up leaders and spiritual giants among the people they are serving. Lord, we look forward to our upcoming deacon commissioning and the start of discovery group meetings, as both are vital to our body of believers. We pray for wisdom and leadership abilities for all who serve in the various capacities of our Church organization, and that they would experience blessing in fulfilling their assigned tasks. We rejoice with those celebrating birthdays and anniversary milestones. Father God, we pray for our pastors and their families, that you would enrich their lives and reveal to them your purposes and ways in building your kingdom through this body of believers. We pray also that you would uplift and support the residents at Salem Home and Eden Healthcare Centre. We pray for our government leaders, elected officials, bureaucrats, and the justice system, that they would heed your call on their lives, that this nation might enjoy your blessing. We pray that you would provide for the needs of the organizations in our community that provide physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual support to the people in need. Lord God, we thank you and ask your blessing on the gifts, tithes, and offerings that you entrust to us. May they be used wisely to serve and build your kingdom. Lord, place your blessing on each participant in this morning's worship service. Anoint your servant, Pastor Dean, to freely minister the truth of your word with the purpose of suffering. May that truth penetrate our hearts and affect our lives to serve you. For we ask these things in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen.
2: morning scripture reading is 2 corinthians chapter one verses one to eleven paul an apostle of jesus christ by the will of god and timothy our brother to the church of god which is at corinth with all the saints who are in all Achaia, grace to you and peace from god our father and the lord jesus christ Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast, because we know that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so also you will partake of the consolation. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and does deliver us, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. You also, helping together in prayer for us, that thanks may be given by many persons, on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. Thank you, Jay, for reading the scripture for us this morning and thank you, Alyssa,
3: for favoring us with that special number. Karl Barth, Barth, uh, Barth, the theologian, was asked the question, what is the greatest truth you've ever learned? And he repeated the words to that song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Bart Miller grew up in a home with a very abusive father. His mother had left him when he was two years old. Bart said that his father, Arthur Wesley Millard Jr. was a monster who would sit on him and beat him mercilessly. Bart was a believer and he sang in a choir. Before Bart entered college, his father developed pancreatic cancer in 1991 1991 and passed away. However, the good news is that God used his suffering to bring Barth's fathers to the Lord before he passed away. Bart and his father were reconciled. Bart said that he had finally received the father he had always wanted. Eight years later, he wrote a song describing what heaven would be like when he would arrive. It is entitled, I Can Only Imagine, Maybe some of you are familiar with it. Let me read the words of that song. I can only imagine what it will be like when we walk, when I walk by your side. I can only imagine when my what my eyes would see when your face is before me. I can only imagine surrounded by your glory. What will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe be still? Will I stand in your presence or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to say anything at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. I can only imagine when the day comes and I find myself standing in the sun. I can only imagine when all I will do is forever worship you I can only imagine, I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will I feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or will an awe be still? Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine, I can only imagine. I can only imagine when all I will do is ever, will forever and forever worship you. I can only imagine. What will that day be? What will it be like when we finally stand before God in all of his glory? It will be nothing that we have ever experienced down here at all. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we pause before you, we realize that our days are all numbered. You use suffering and hardship to mold us into the people that you want us to be. And sometimes we wonder whether it is worth it. And when we stand before you one day, we will say, it was worth it. I pray, Father, now that you would speak to our hearts that we would understand why you ordain suffering and trials and hardships, what they do and how they bring glory to you. Now I pray that you would go with us into the rest of the message as we look into your word. For this we pray in Christ's name. Amen. In 216, the movie I can only imagine was produced telling the story of Bart Millard. God used suffering in Bart's father's life to bring him to the Lord. And God used suffering in Bart's life in order to write a song that would bring glory to God. All of us here today are acquainted with suffering in some form or another or at some level. It comes to both the unbeliever and the believer, as well as to those who walk close with the Lord and not close with the Lord. An interesting thing about suffering is that there is a difference between cause and perfect purpose. There is a difference between cause and purpose. God does not cause all suffering, but he certainly ordains some When anyone suffers, it comes about because of several different reasons. First and foremost, we live in a fallen world stained with sin. When God created the world, it was perfect. It was paradise down here. We would have loved to been in the garden and to experience walking with God when he would come in the evening or in the morning and he walked with Adam and Eve. However, when man fell, it also sent all creation into a chaos, a total chaos. Man became alienated from God. The animal's kingdom went wild. Weeds and thorns infested the ground. Earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, and deserts came into being. Disease and sickness have become part of our world. And man was forced to make a living from the sweat of his brow. Second, since man was given free choice, we can inflict pain on one another and ourselves through our decisions. We can inflict pain on one another. If God stopped us every time we were going to hurt someone else or make a sinful choices, then he would have to take away our choice and there would be no more choice for you and I. Without choice, there can be no love and we will become ro- and we would become robots. However, we suffer because of our free choices that we make or that others make. Third, God, God does bring suffering when he carries out or when he carries out his wrath on the ungodly. He does. Like people say, God is a good God, but he wouldn't bring any disaster. Yes, he does. The scripture is plain in that. This includes the destruction of Sodom, includes the destruction of Gomorrah, Pharaoh in Egypt, as well as the inhabitants of the land in Canaan. And you go throughout the rest of the Old Testament, and you can see that God does put forth his wrath Remember, Jesus himself suffered and experienced the same trials and difficulties that we experience. And matter of fact, it was Jesus who faced the wrath of God and took that upon himself, which was our sin, your sin, my sin. Yet his suffering brought about redemption. It brought about our redemption. Last week in part one of the purpose of suffering, we looked at the first point. The purpose of suffering is easier to accept when you and or when you know and are in the will of God. Let me repeat that. The purpose of suffering is easier to accept when you know and are in the will of God. Paul understood this because when he was called into God's service, he was called as an apostle. Three days before he came to faith in Christ, or I should say, three days after he came to faith in Christ, the Lord told Ananias to go and pray for Paul to receive his sight. Go and pray. And then this is what the Lord said to him Acts 9, verses 1 through 18, and verse 15 Go. This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. And verse 16 says this, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Paul was called to suffering, and we too are called to suffer for the gospel. We can understand from this when you and I are suffering, it is easier to bear when we are walking in fellowship with Lord and we know that we have been called according to his purposes and and that we are depending upon him for his strength in us. We may not always understand a particular reason why we are suffering, but it makes a difference when we are going through it with God. Take your Bibles and turn with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, the portion of Scripture that was read to us. We now come to the second point of the, of the passage of Scripture The purpose of suffering, number two, is to provide comfort from God. Is to provide comfort from God, verses 3 through 7. In verses 3 to 7, Paul uses... Uh, the noun and the verb comfort nine times in this pa- passage. Nine times in these three verses, he uses it, or pardon me, in the five verses, because there's two more after this, but we won't look at that this morning. But nine times altogether, no one likes to suffer, which is why Paul directs the, are, uh, that directs our thoughts to God who comforts all people. Let me read these th- verses three through five again. Listen closely and let's just count how many times comfort arises in these three verses and then two following in verse six and seven. First of all, um, verse three, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of Come, all compassion, and the God of comfort, number one, who comforts us, who comforts, number two, us in all our troubles so that we can comfort, number three, those in any trouble with the comfort, number four, ourselves have received from God. For just as our sufferings of Christ overflow into our lives, so also through Christ, our comfort, number six, overflows. Comfort, comfort, comfort. In these three verses, we learn three th- things that we need to see. First, the word comfort or encouragement in the Greek is percleo. It means called to one side to help. It means called to one side to help. It's also another name for the Holy Spirit. He is the comforter. He is the comfort. The Lord does that when we are suffering, discouraging, discouraged, downtrodden and hurting. He comes to our side to help. The picture would be of a person who has an injured leg and finding it hard, difficult, if not impossible, to walk. A friend comes alongside, puts his arm around him, and he around his his friend, and together they walk because he would not be able to walk by himself. So God comes. The Holy Spirit comes in our time of suffering, our weakness, and he walks with us undergirding us and by our side not in front not at the back but by our side he is walking with us that is what God does for us in our times of suffering and our hardships he walks by our side and we experience fellowship when we are walking with him Second, Paul focuses on praising God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. He certainly could not sing because of his circumstances, but he could speak about the greatness, and he praised God. Praise be to God. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our attitude changes when our attention is focused on the Lord rather than than on trials or ourselves or something else. And Satan often gets us our sight off Christ. And pretty soon we mire in our own disappointment and our own hardships. Our attitude changes when our attention is focused on Christ rather than the trials. When going through troubles and hardship, the best way to lift our countenance is to focus on God and to praise God for who he is. When we thank God, we thank him for the blessings and the things that he has given. When we praise him, we praise God for who he is. Great, awesome, patient, kind, loving, one who walks with us, Those are his attributes. Third, when when Paul was discouraged and down, he had a secret place where he went, and that place was prayer, to be with God. How do we know? According to verse 4, God comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. God. Here is the underlying principle. Listen closely. Here it is. We cannot give anything that we do not possess. We can't give anything we do not possess. If we have never been comforted, if we have never experienced his power, if we don't walk with the Lord, we can't come alongside someone else and comfort them with the same comfort that God has given to us. We first always go to God for his comfort, and that is through prayer. As believers, we have all gone through times of suffering, but we have relied but we need to rely upon the Lord for the comfort, the peace, and the grace, or we will just be relying on ourselves. It's possible just to grit your teeth, go through the uh, life, experience the pain, and just say, "I did it," but there is no glory for God. And there's really no peace or comfort in your life or my life if we do it that way. Paul received his comfort from the Lord and thus he could comfort others with the comfort he received. And this is how we bring comfort to others and we point other people to Christ. Helen Keller lived from June 27, 1880 to June 1, 1968 lost her sight and hearing to a disease when she was only 19 months old. Nevertheless, she came to Christ and Jesus transformed her life. This is what she said in one of her famous quotes. Optimism that does not count the cost is like a house built on sand. A man must understand evil and be acquainted with sorrow before he can write an optimist and expect others to believe that he has reason for the faith that is in him. Do we have reason for the faith that is in us? Can people see that we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ? We need to let God minister to us before we can minister to others. And when we go through the tough times and the hard times, the way that God ministers is the same old way that he has ministered all the time, through his word and through our us praying. That is the way. As you know, on July ninth, 2004, I've told this part of the story, but. Edition, Cheryl and I lost our oldest child, Ashton, in a vehicle collision. Before, in a set of unique circumstances and timely events, in June of that year, Cheryl and Cheryl, Ashton, and I went to a Christian business banquet to listen to Dale Lang give his testimony. Dale was the pastor from the Tabor. Or was from Tabor, Alberta, who lost his son in the school shooting in 1999. He shared how the event unfolded, the, his loss, his wife and his family experience, how they forgave and set out to minister to the young man who actually killed his son and many others. That young fellow was only 14 years old, that they wanted to minister. When there was a break in the the evening, I went to the washroom and ran into Dale Lang. This was just two months before our son was taken. I offered him my condolences and had a few minutes with to talk about him. Little did I know that Cheryl and I would experience the tremendous loss in our lives the same way that he experienced the loss. Sometime after the funeral, I phoned Dale to speak to him. He talked to me with comfort, tenderness, kindness, and understanding, and encouraged, uh, encouraged me to experience God's pulling us together, or pulling my wife and I to, to God from that experience, I could see God's word come true in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. God comforts us in our troubles so we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. He was comforting me with his experience because he experienced and he knew what it was like. God has brought each of us through a set of trials and sufferings, and yet he has equipped us differently so that we can minister to other individuals. Because we have suffered, we too can grab hold of God's grace, and we can also bring it to others as we turn others' attention upon the Lord. God desires every believer to grow into maturity and become like him in character. Yes, in character, so that we can become like the Lord with peace and comfort to others. Note the important lesson on suffering. We become most like God when we help others in their sufferings. However, we cannot do it until we have been or until we allow God to help us in our time of sufferings. You know those who go through certain things within the church and the community can only be reached many times because because others have gone through that circumstance or the same situation. Those who have lost farms and businesses are more able to understand someone else who has gone through something like that. Those who have succumbed to diseases or illness are also more able to understand somebody who else has gone down that path. And many times I listen to other people and I hear about what God God has brought them through. My heart is encouraged because I say to myself, I'm not the only one experiencing the difficulty. I'm not the only one. There are others who have gone and walked with God, and if they can do it, so can I, as I hold on to God's hand. Chuck Swindle tells a story in one of his messages that I listened to about a lady who had come to him, and she had lost her husband to cancer. After it happened, this lady started a small group to help others facing the same trauma. Because he had said to her, oh yes, pardon me, this lady started the small group. And then she began this group ministering to others. Another lady came to him and asked if he could help her. And he said, yes, I can, but there is someone so much more qualified than I who can help. You. And he directed to this lady who, who started this support group. God has given us amazing ministries. And the question that I have to ask for you, what ministry has he given you? Who does he want you to minister? Is there some person you know, whether it's in your family, whether it's outside your family, a crisis, a hardship that they are going through? God is calling you to comfort them with the same comfort that you have received from him. I want to close with a story found or part of a story that is found in Tortured for Christ, written by Richard Wormbrandt. He was raised in um, Romania. He came from a line of Jewish, Jewish descent. Someone shared the gospel with him. He put his faith in Christ. And now he was suffering under communism. And this is what he had to say. One of the real heroes of the faith was Pastor Milan Hemavasi. I can't even pronounce the word. It's a unique word. The the prisons were overcrowded and the guards did not know us by name. They called out for those who had been sentenced to get 25 lashes with a whip for having broken some prison rules. Innumerable times, Pastor this pastor went to get the beating in place of someone else by the time he won the respect of by this time he won the respect of other prisoners and not only for himself but also for Christ whom he represented one of our workers in the underground church was a very young was a young girl the communist police discovered that she secretly spread gospels and taught children about Christ they decided to arrest her. But to make the arrest an agonizing and painful as they could, they decided to delay her arrest a few weeks until the day she would be married. On her wedding day, the girl was dressed as a bride, the most beautiful and wonderful, joyous day in the girl's life. Suddenly the doors burst open and the secret police rushed in. When the bride saw the secret police, she held out her arms towards them to be handcuffed. They roughly put on the manacles on her wrists. She looked towards her beloved, then kissed the chains and said, I thank my heavenly Bridegroom, for this jewel he has presented to me on my marriage day. I thank him that I am worthy to suffer for him. And she was dragged off with weeping Christians and weeping bridegroom left behind. They knew what happened to this young girl in the hands of communist guards. Her bridegroom faithfully waited for her. After five years, she was released. A destroyed, broken woman looking 30 years older. She said it was the least she could do for her Christ. Such beautiful Christians are in the underground church. They are the ones suffering for the Lord. Incredible what suffering does. And he tells about his suffering and the amazing thing that he said about his suffering I never hated the people who was doing this to me. He said, I loved them because they needed to know Christ. And there were people who came to faith in Christ because they saw him being tortured and at the same time, never fighting back. And it was God who, who worked through him and others in the underground church who who won many people to the Lord, who otherwise would have never come to know the Lord, but it was because they had gone through suffering for Christ. God has called us to suffer. Each of us will suffer in a different and unique way. And what part has God called you to do? In regards to what you have experienced, may we take up the call to serve God in our suffering and also encourage those around us, saying, God will strengthen us because He does just that.
0: Please stand with us and we'll respond by singing number 312 in our hymnals Come, come, ye saints.
3: says, this in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 16 and 17, but for this very reason I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory, forever and ever. Amen. May we go in his peace, his strength, and his grace.